Hi everyone, you're listening to Paris. I'm a counseling psychologist with over seven years of experience. I frequently tweet about mental health, self-care, self-compassion, um, and how to manage everyday mental health concerns uh, frequently on my Twitter account, which is at the rate wise donkey, which is W-I-S-E D-O-N-K-A-Y. So today I'm here to talk to you about capitalism and its effects on mental health. So this one's titled, It's Not You, It's Capitalism. All right, so before we go ahead, I want to talk to you a little bit about psychology as a discipline and how it evolved and why that is relevant to how capitalism affects mental health to begin with. So psychology um, isn't a very old discipline. It's probably just a couple of centuries old at this point in time. It really rose to prominence during the Second World War um, and it really developed in the United States of America wherein uh, it rose to prominence thanks to IQ testing. Um, and IQ testing at that point in time was primarily done with a point of view of recruiting soldiers uh, into the army to fight these wars. Um, so why I'm mentioning that to you right now is because the discipline emerged as a way of finding people who would be the right fit uh, to serve you know, a certain purpose, um, a certain capitalist purpose uh, to, um, you know, to, to be more precise at this point in time. Um, one thing that we need to remember over here is that that is a trend that has continued. Counseling therapies, uh, you know, gradually developed in the 1930s, 1940s, really rose to prominence in the 1960s, you know, with people like Rogers, and then later on you have, you know, Albert Ellis, you know, Aaron Beck, and then, you know, you, you have all your postmodern therapies emerging in the 80s, 90s. And today we have thousands and thousands of therapies. Now, one thing that you will notice um, about most counseling therapies, I'm not saying all, but I'm saying one thing that you'll notice about most counseling therapies is that the focus is on the individual and it is quite decontextualized. When I say it's quite decontextualized, what I'm saying is that uh, one of the first things that you are taught in counseling as a counselor in training is to be objective and be neutral. So non-judgmentality, neutrality um, are two of the so-called benchmarks or hallmarks of being a good counselor. What that often means is that you are told not to engage politically with your client or with therapy. Uh, you are told to engage with what you can do with the individual, which is what I mean by a decontextualization of the concern being faced by the individual and to a great extent an individuation of the concern faced by the individual. A simple example of that is uh, what I do for a living. I, I see this on an everyday basis. So uh, one of the things, uh, you know, one big source of my clients right now are from corporate organizations and uh, often these are employees who get referred by their companies for counseling because they aren't meeting their expectations, their goals, their targets and the company or the management feels like we need to do something about this. We need to get this employee to start performing better. We need to get them to be more punctual, more regular 
Um, so they are referred to counseling sort of to you know fine tune them, bring them back into uh, the okay parameters for performance um, and that's the idea. So quite often as a counselor uh, you would be encouraged to look at the employee alone and not look at the sociopolitical context of why the employee isn't feeling motivated to work, why the employee isn't coming regularly to work. Um, and of course, you're going to not be asked to challenge the, the environment at the workplace at all because the workplace or the management is supposed to be your client rather than the employee. So this is just one of the ways in which psychology or counseling therapy um, as a discipline aids capitalism. Now, coming to the other side, how, how does capitalism get internalized? Now, I'm going to borrow here from Michel Foucault uh, and uh, one of the things that he talks about in, in, in his work is, is about a disciplinary regime. Uh, a disciplinary regime, just to break it down for you, um, is a system which is oppressive, which continues to monitor you all the time to the point in which you don't really have to monitor the person anymore. The person begins to monitor themselves. Um, so. Capitalism is a classic example of a disciplinary regime. Um, it monitors you, it makes you feel like you are being watched all the time, whether it's your organization, whether it's society and culture, whether it's the government, big brother, whatever you want to call it. Um, so you develop these self-surveillance mechanisms. You, you watch whether you are doing a good enough job. You keep time of whether you are you know, reaching work on time and hard work, punctuality, flexibility, working weekends, not taking a vacation for over a year are all considered as benchmarks of being a good worker, of being a productive worker. So one of the ways in which capitalism influences mental health is by telling you that good self-care, good work-life balance, getting adequate sleep, getting adequate time to eat, eating healthy, um, demanding a fair wage, demanding a fair leave policy are not the ideals that you are supposed to pursue. But hustle, uh, being on the job all the time, being available, working across time zones, working across uh, the weekends, working on, on a holiday, sacrificing uh, you know, a, a family member's birthday, anniversary, or even their medical uh, you know, struggles is what is considered as the hallmark of being a dedicated employee. Um, and you know, it works by a simple reward punishment mechanism you know, uh, at the start, but later on it gets idealized. So, so much of our working culture, so much of even the startup culture for that matter, um, is filled with these toxic ideas of what it means to be productive. Um, and you know, whenever you try to break away from this mainstream, um, there's always going to be three things which are going to be um, unleashed at you or thrown at you as a way of getting you back into the capitalist, uh, you know, disciplinary regime. And those three things are fear, shame and guilt. And, and you'll notice that any oppressive regime, whether it's you know, oppressive culture, whether it's patriarchy, whether it's heteronormativity or capitalism for that matter, it's going to use fear, shame and guilt to get people to stay within the system. Fear, 
if you don't work a full-time job you will go into financial ruin shame um, you're not able to do it you're not a good enough employee guilt you may feel like you know my family members had so many aspirations of me if i wanted to i could push myself but i'm prioritizing self-care and self-preservation whereas i should be actually going out there and working so this is how uh, capitalism uh, works um, to you know screw up our self-concepts um, and and really feed us into this uh, the third thing i want to actually talk about also is how mental health professionals also uh, contribute to this so one of the ways in which um, you know our country and the healthcare system in our country in itself is fostering that uh, is there isn't much public health care in the area of mental health to speak of there is some it's you know appallingly inadequate uh, so most of the mental health services which are there in India in terms of psychiatry or counseling psychology are, are, are given by private professionals I myself I'm a private professional, so I'm, I'm not saying I'm, uh, you know, free from the blame of it. But uh, the idea is that most of the mental health care is provided at a private basis. So what happens is that um, because it's private health care, it's obviously going to be paid. And because it's paid, um, you don't make a living. You don't make a salary until somebody comes and sees you. Um, so this is not like... Um, let's say the police it's not like a public hospital it's not like the fire department uh, wherein you get paid even on a day when there isn't a crime or when there isn't a casualty or when there isn't a fire uh, the state has deemed these things to be necessary uh, even when there isn't somebody who needs to be availing these services not so in terms of mental health in terms of mental health the idea is that only when you get a gig is when you're going to get paid so as a result what happens is that uh, one i'm going to charge people a premium to access me and two is that i am going to try and ensure that i can see many people as many people as i want um, so that's also um, you know leading to over medicalization um, and also extremely high prices for counseling, therapy, clinical psychology, psychiatry. Um, so, you know, that's in a nutshell how, you know, capitalism is intertwined with mental health. What we can do definitely is that realize that this is not the natural way of being. When I say natural way of being, there isn't just one way of looking at productivity, looking at functionality, looking at self-worth. There are other ways of looking at it. A second is realizing that it is a disciplinary regime, it is an oppressive regime and it operates like that. And and three is if, if you are a mental health professional, try and find ways in which you can, if not, you know, completely go away from uh, capitalism, then at least find some flexibility, find some ways to subvert it. The way I do it is I have you know, dedicated a certain number of my consulting hours, my counseling hours, as pay what you want. Uh, and this means that somebody who can't afford my full uh, charges is allowed to come back and say that they are not able to do that and still access my counseling therapy, same quality, same amount of time, same amount of effort, uh, at a price which is affordable to you. So that's that's how I am going to uh, do my bit about it but at a larger level 
at the public health level i think there's a great amount of advocacy a great amount of a change that needs to come in uh, before we are able to make mental health care a reality and make it a you know a viable profession choice for people because right now the availability of services is bad and the remuneration of being a mental health professional also is bad um, and i would say that both in both situations capitalism is the one to blame so this was my uh, short conversation with you on capitalism and mental health do let me know your thoughts about this do let me know your comments feedback and uh, until next time here's me signing off goodbye and thank you so much